morning on this March 28, 2019. What are you all doing this morning? Praise the Lord for His mercies are new every day. Praise His holy name. Uh, blessed be that name. Lord, all things uh, you. A while ago, back on December the 12th, 2013. Oh, that was during the time. I wonder what I was thinking of then. Should go back and see if I made a notation in my journal. Uh, it came to mind. I was. I must have been thinking about marriage or spouse. Must have been in probably the passage uh, over in Luke chapter one, verse. Well, twenty context is starts at twenty six. Uh, when it was. Announcing the fulfillment of the uh, prophecy of Isaiah 7:14 about you know God will come upon a uh, virgin and she will have a child and call his name Emmanuel, which is your God with us. And that fulfillment uh, happened to well Luke and also uh, other verses Matthew also um, when. The chosen was married. That was the version she used. She was betrothed, as the ESV uses. But it comes from the same, uh, both Hebrew and uh, Greek word for a spouse. A spouse means to engaged. Do we even understand what it means to become engaged? Um, that means we're promising to marry somebody. Now, Joseph himself, when he was engaged, um, they did that don't mean says, okay, we got to try out the merchandise, as some say. Boy, I may have thought that was funny before, but when our eyes are open and we become to the Lord Jesus and we get born again, legitimately saved, we look back at some of the comments we're saying and said, Lord, we sinned against you by saying that. Um, we acted so foolishly. But once our eyes are open and then we continue to, if we continue, if we continue to say those things, then we're willfully sitting against God out there, and that's not never a good thing. Uh, but, but to be true to a uh, man or a woman, uh, you're committing. You're mindful of the day when you will become one in marriage. Uh, part of it is Genesis 2:24 says, "You, you men and women, let them become. You know, they become of one flesh. Um, spirits are still individual. They still have a." Uh, in intimacy with God out there, but uh, what was interesting, I just located over Second Corinthians when during that particular time, Second Corinthians chapter eleven to be exact, uh, God was writing through Paul again to the Corinthians. But this one there was not Second Corinthians is less of a correction, rebuking than First Corinthians. It was more a you know loving type of reminder saying um, I correct you because I love you um, but the one verse in chapter 2 I mean in chapter 11 verse 2 for I am jealous this is God basically speaking to those that are his with godly jealousy you know when God gets jealous of us when somebody goes after us <laughs> it's like when somebody goes after a uh, a child you know daughter or uh, a son of a true godly man, uh, you better. You know, a true, a true godly man is gonna rise up saying, 
boy, you just went after my wife or you just went after my uh, my child. You better run, squirrel. Sorry, I saw that in the movie. Heard that line in the movie one time. It's kind of funny. Um, but this, the verse actually is, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I espoused you to one husband, and that's Jesus Christ, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. You gotta remember, especially when we become engaged. I mean, that means you can commit it. Says you're, you're not gonna try on no more merchandise. You're not gonna sample anything more. It's just like when God truly brings two people. And I've actually heard uh, very deceptive thoughts. Heard part of. I stopped listening to it when I realized it's not of God. Uh, to say, man, God don't you hook up our spouse. God don't find our spouse. People that say such things, you're blind. You're, and Satan is the one that's blinding you. You're letting him blind you. I says, if we're truly studying scripture, we're truly knowing God, we're truly believing in him, uh, then in the right time, even in, of course, we so pervert. Uh, Proverbs 18, after he who finds a wife finds favor with God. First, you have to have favor with God first, which means you got to be, both parties have to be saved. At the, that verse is not saying unless you listen to the the chief of the demons, Satan himself, uh, that says, well, that means the husband's got to go out and find. No, don't say to go out and find. we got to seek to make sure our, we found favor with God. Are we doing what he tells us to do? Are we obeying? Are we stepping out? At the moment we have to go find, Isaac didn't go find uh Rebecca, I almost said, I would kind of get confused between her and Rachel sometimes. So it was some, actually, he didn't even go looking for her. He was serving the Lord by serving his father and mother uh, in that order. Um, but anyways, to be a spouse, the question that was hit me is, are we married or a spouse? They were, uh, Joseph and Mary, even though they had not yet went through that practice of that cultural practice, that fleshly practice of the marriage ceremony, uh, the overpriced, greed-based uh, lie uh, that we get so caught up in today. Uh, that's not less. I don't want to go deep into that one. We're, we're engaged. Uh, when we can become Christians, we become engaged. We become spouse to the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like this verse here is a confirmation. It's just like you know, God says, okay, I saved you, I uncovered you, I washed you clean, I continue to clean you out inside, you know, because I'm preparing you to become the bride, to become the wife of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the same way, uh, in the Old Testament, um, Israel was espoused to God, the Father. Um, we also... Are the same thing. Okay, I guess I did go there. Um, I believe that was over in Isaiah. Thought I had that verse still. That over in Isaiah, but I can't quite put my fingers on the verse at this moment out there. Uh, when that's God speaking through His prophet to the people of Israel, where God espoused to Himself. To be a bride, just like Israel was the firstborn. Now we know God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit—they're all one. So when two, it's like 
what used to be two bodies, Jewish and Gentiles, have become one in Jesus Christ. It was the ultimate. Jesus Christ is the head and is the embodiment, the uh, manifestation of God, one that we can look upon because no one, God the Father, the Spirit, can look upon him and live, actually. But just think, when God makes it clear that, okay, he's sound, of that sound doctrine, his only purpose is to know God and serve God. Same thing with her. God shows, confirms, says, okay, go and get engaged. You're mindful of that future day when you will become a wife. That's all, that's almost all you can think of. You still got to go in the Lord. You still got to serve the Lord with what he calls you to do. It says, okay, he's bringing it together. You know, as Adam, it says, okay, he was to bring in to join him in the, in the calling, into his work, into tending the gardening, you know, having dominion over the <coughs> over the animals which that was obviously changed when they both rebelled against God in the respective areas <coughs> one by listening to Satan out there you know, eating of the fruit and then causing her husband Eve um, um, to sin against God and Adam for listening to his wife first instead of God uh, but they still ate of the fruit they still sinned against God it wasn't just the the fruit per se it was evil. It's just like God gives you one little commandment, one little instruction to do. Now you got some, you got the lost, you got the foolish, you got the blinded, those that are still Satan's children, Satan's descendants still of Satan's too of the they're still sons and daughters of disobedience. Um then they're not mindful of God. They're not mindful of that. We forget sometimes the question is here. We're not married to the church. We're not engaged. When we go to a church, we become members, uh, supposedly. That's another lesson that's... I'm still hearing, so I'm not going to... Yeah, we do need to you know, go to a body and fellowship with the saints out there. But we are not married to that church. We're not engaged to that church. And neither is... You know, the leaders, neither is the other members of that particular body. The body of Christ is scattered throughout all the earth. That's how the gospel message gets proclaimed, through us. And it's through us keeping our minds mindful that on the day over Revelation uh, 21, different verses, 2 and 9, uh, and, oh, actually... Revelation 19, I'm sorry. That's the marriage of the Lamb. Um, that's the day we're mindful from when we become one. That's it. We're taken out of the world completely. God, through Jesus Christ, pouring His wrath upon those who rejected Him for the final time. There's no more repentance. They automatically saying, we're done. We don't want to believe you. You've shown us... You, they may not, they're definitely not going to be mindful enough to say, you've shown us your love, but we, we still reject it. We don't want it. That's it. Uh, for us today, uh, we see a woman we love, or we see a man that we love, you know, we'll love for a second, we almost agree, agree to get married out there, but then we say, if it's not of God, if God's not in the midst of it, then you say, I'm done. Enough of you. You showed your love, but 
as an, then maybe one aspect of it says, I truly don't love you. Why do you say I love you before that? We don't know. I think we're looking with the fleshly eyes. We're thinking from the minds of Satan. You know, more likely we're not saved. Not wherever God, I don't know. I'm not going to discern that heart. You know, only God knows that answer. But um, we get mindful, it says we're done. That's it. That's what will happen with those that continually reject God. God shows his love through us, through other people. He exhibits it. He's saying, you're heading down a path that's destroying you. But it's up to us. We are the body of Christ. It doesn't matter what church. Well, I don't believe in that church. God don't necessarily believe in any one particular church per se. He did not ordain any church to become approved by. He don't need the government. Matter of fact, he doesn't want the government to say, "Okay, I'm gonna approve that church. I'm gonna approve them. I'm gonna I'm gonna let them become a 501c3." That ain't even in scripture. That's going to get the government to approve. Okay, we could be a business and then they'll say, okay, we'll put our stamp of approval. I'll tell you that anybody that donates to you can get a tax deduction. That is not even enough. That's not the reason we give. That's not the reason we help out. Stop being hip hypocritical. Stop trying to be Old Testament believers, which Old Testament was a shadow of things to come. You can't have the New Testament without the Old. You can't have the Old without the New. Those ministers that have strayed from the Lord Jesus Christ by saying, okay, we're not even going to touch the Old Testament. We're not even going to teach about it. They're committing just as much heresy as those that say, well, we're, you know, we're going to try and live in the Old Testament. We're going to say, okay, everybody has to come from this particular family, the Levites. And stuff. That is not what that meant. It's just like you're called by God, the people of God. When God called the New Testament, you notice those that were called to serve God, to deliver his message, to be priests, leaders, elders, were not all necessarily of the tribe of Levi. Okay, that's not what that's But again, bride of Christ, Christians, two genuine Christians, you're engaged to Jesus Christ. You've been espoused to him. You're betrothed to him, depending upon the words. Be mindful of that day in Revelation 19. We're not there yet. Remain holy as he is holy. When the foolish ones of the world say, man, what, you think you're holy in acts? If people say that to you, doing it in a loving way, I mean, don't do it in sarcasm, just says, thank you. That's actually a compliment. Because God says, as I am holy, be holy. Now, are we going to be holy like God? Oh, heck no. <laughs> There's no way. There's no one man or woman in the world that's holy like God's holy because it's like, we can't do it. As long as we're in those fleshy bodies. We strive for it. We desire to be holy. In our words. That ain't going to last. Because we're still being transformed. We can't do it. If you're looking for a person, person. And even when. If we use fleshly means. To try and find. I said okay. God who are you calling. To be the man of God over the body. And he's, he's actually not doing it alone. Jesus Christ is called to be over the body. But who you're calling to bring us forth your word? Who is calling to lead us? Following Christ to lead as Paul. You know, as Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. It's not that they're following Paul. Paul's saying, follow me. He said, I'm following Christ. But eventually, boom, the end of my mission, the end of my time is coming. So it's just a, does that mean you end when he's gone? No. That means God will raise up the next one who's been discipled. we got to watch the way we're discipled. Are we discipling people to be married to the church? 
You are not married because there's nothing in scripture, anywhere in scripture that God's going to say, okay, you're married to that church. I mean, you're, you're engaged to that church. Stay there forever until you die. A lot of people stay with a church building, a, ch a particular church from birth till dead. That is not even scripture. God will always, always, undoubtedly, through a completely scriptural, move members of his body to where he needs them and wants them. Well, first, you know, we use the word need because it kind of it's in scriptural, but it's basically where he desires, where he's calling them to go to, where he's speaking to them individually. That's why the first one we listen to better be God, not the pastor, not the priest. I'm not saying you know your pastor, so don't even go there. The, um... But the first one, even the pastor, the preacher, has got to be going to Jesus to say, Lord, I can't lead these people. Like Moses says, I can't lead these people. It's got to be you just leading it. But God chose Moses. A murderer, uh, he may have rightful intentions. He had a jealousy over his people when he saw an outsider, an unbeliever, so to speak, beating up his people. Now, he didn't have to murder them. <laughs> So it's just like, but basically, when he went away that for when he was sent away that forty years to hide from Pharaoh, uh, basically it was almost like a prison, but he wasn't like a prison. He was serving. He was still serving God. He was getting together. God introduced him to who he wanted to be his wife. You know, lived together. They had a couple of popped out a couple of kids, and then eventually God said, "Okay, you're done. It's time. Walk in what I called you to do." He was comfortable. He was serving, he was leaving, you know, working for his wife and her and uh, her father, servant, tending his sheep. He was contented with it, but that wasn't where he was supposed to stay. I once had a testimony to a church one time in a prayer meeting out there of a brother and a sister. They went to another, they went to South America, I think, or Ecuador, somewhere in that region, uh, or Haiti, I forgot where. They were given the talent of uh, dental, I believe, dentistry. Uh, God spoke to them. They heard it. They recognized it. They had confirmation. However, he chose to confirm. I don't remember that one being mentioned. If it was even mentioned at all, it just, that don't always matter. Kind of back here, the state says, okay, you need to go back, finish your degree, get a little trained up, get the licensing that you, you know, because so, people are still going to look for some kind of a licensure sometimes. If he's going to be used to that one. However, you're not to stay back in the States. You got out, residency. They became successful. Money. Had a good, you know, good church experience. But they were refusing to leave. Because they were comfortable. They had money, materialism. But that wasn't God's call. They were only to go back temporarily. They started rebelling God. They said, well, dental practice, you're thriving. And, as a matter of fact, they were even foolishly acknowledging... Because he confesses, they both confess this. Um, it says, they were acknowledging, but God, it's you that brought this war. This, I says, you lied. I says, why would you bless us? And for a real reason. They were ignoring his calling. What God had to do, removed everything. Removed the house. Removed the finances. Removed the source of income. Removed the dental practice. Everything. And then they got, you know, once they got along with God, and they said, okay, God, why? Well, he says, that's not where I told you to be. I told you to go back just to accomplish this task and then to return. They did, and then God prospered them down there. 
that causes, but a lot of times he'll send us back to a certain place. You know, teach us more about him. But we it's not that he's necessarily teaching us into secular education. He wants us to keep growing in prayer, listening in prayer, listening to him, <coughs> growing in his words and everything. So he can firm it up solidly, growing our growing our faith, not to make money, not to stay content, not to live and die at um, one particular church. He may put somebody in the church body for a couple of years to strengthen, to encourage, to, you know, encourage the other brothers out there to grow up in the Lord, to be taught biblically and tautly, but not to stay there. Brothers and sisters. Maybe I know the Lord spoke to me back then, and I'm trying to go back now and says, "Okay, Lord, what were you telling me?" Every time when I became at the end of an Amazon person, every time now I grieved over that woman. I loved her, you know. That was one of the areas, and I says, and I was willing to marry her. I wouldn't have asked her to marry. Her. I would have wanted to become, and I would have done my best and hardest to serve her and whatever children. At the time, we weren't even knowledge they were coming with God. We were thinking they were just going to come to us. Ah, uh, that's nurse telling. That's kind of a testimony. I'm not putting that online. Uh, at least at this time. But whenever the Amazon position came to an end, or was getting ready to come to an end, then, you know, you sit, I was thinking the Lord even more, saying, okay, Lord, what is the next door? I thank you for taking me to it. I thank you for providing, making this provision. I thank you for opening this door. I thank you for those that you were able to impact through this very broken and weak and screwed up, messed up vessel that you are still the vessel itself. Potter, God can break the pot, as Jeremiah 18, he can break the bowl, he can break the pottery, break the clay, and remake it, as long as it's pliable, as long as we made receptive to God's voice, not man's. We are never to so come so close to man, hearing man's voice, and I'm not saying man is just men, I'm saying man is in humanity. We are not to put our trust, our faith in any person, man or woman. We are not to put, it doesn't matter who sits in, who's sitting in Congress. It doesn't matter who's sitting in the house. You know, we are, we do not listen to them or hear them. They all got big mouths, so not. But it's whether we choose to listen. We listen to those God puts in front of us. What are they teaching? Are they teaching only from the Word of God? Or are they teaching from their flesh? Are they teaching from their experience that God has allowed them to have? And then the dead experience line up with the Word of God. And when they didn't, that they come to repentance. That's the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ in ourselves. That when we messed up, when God brought it to our realization, brought it to our understanding, saying, I didn't call you to go over there. It's just like Jonah. He was called to go there, but he didn't like the people because they were oppressing his own people. Now, yes, you're going to defend the people of God, hopefully, but there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. You don't want to see them perish and die and go to hell. But you will defend. It's just like your family, your spouses. It's just like not everybody has a dad in the household that stood up. Not all of that is the dad's fault either. Don't ever let you, your mama tell you. I said, why well, everything's his fault. That man, and your father's just a loser. Shit was just all the father. Uh-uh. 
I'm not saying they're all the mothers or all the fathers. I'm not saying they were equally. This certain situation. Listen to it. Watch though with your eyes. Don't just listen with the words. As people are speaking the word of God, have your Bible open, whether it's on an iPad, whether it's on an iPhone, out there, or the physical Bible is the best thing because then you can sit down and look at it and be reading it and let God speak through it. Don't speak into it to say, I think that means that. You got so many people that listen to one pastor, one interpretation, whatever thing, but God can speak a verse one a, a in context verse to one person, he could be calling that person to go somewhere else. Don't ever say that. Okay, that's the only way it can be. God could be speaking to somebody else that same verse, and they're gonna hear God. Are they both wrong? That the person that was teaching is wrong. Be very careful when God appoints you teaching over God to say, well, God spoke to me, so that means the only way. What is he calling somebody else to do? I'm not going to give an example out there at this point out there. It was just like, but uh, I had a discussion last night. You don't believe in that one. I says, we can so easily cause stumbling blocks. The Satan likes to do that to say, oh, well, you're only going to listen to that person. What's that person's testimony? Are they more in love with their earthly family than they are with Jesus Christ? Would they leave? Uh, are they so in love with their culture instead of in Jesus Christ? We are the, the true genuine believers know uh, that when we get to heaven... When we give a God, when we're finally married to Jesus, we're not going to be saying, oh, you married a black, oh, you married a white, you married a Hispanic. No, we married a child of God. It's not going to say what it is. We got to get away from the mentality when we're looking at scripture, because I once heard a uh, young man that God had allowed me to disciple for a while, and he had a hard time understanding uh, that I, I, I find it hard to be intimate with Jesus, because that's man to man. When we're looking at Jesus in the flesh during that time, that's a false teaching somewhere that that young man had heard. Listen to that one. Still looking at scripture. When you're looking at the words and you're letting God expound it. Not necessarily, man, they can say to myself, well, it's just, that's why he put it one pastor. That's probably, no, 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 no. Yes, Jesus was man. He came down to the earth uh, through the uh, blood. Through the bloodline of David, through the bloodline of uh, Adam's descendant, Seth out there. It's just like there's still a chain of righteousness along in there. And there was at one point, matter of fact, the harlot Rehab, just think of that. She was a whore. Uh, she was a harlot. She dressed herself up just to get sex and to sell her body for sex. But she became, right? She realized, okay, these are God's people. They're destroyers. She helped out God's people. She became, you know, she became a believer, so to speak. So that was her bloodline. You know, the Jesse to David, out there, you know, Obad, you know, fell out. I'm not going to get into that one. But when God puts his hand on somebody, when God becomes engaged in him, he's going to protect that person with jealousy. Anybody that comes against the bride, it's coming against Jesus Christ. So not necessarily when one when God uses us to call out um, a church organization, a church structure that 
is teaching and practicing unsound doctrine. We are not attacking the church of Jesus Christ. We are lovingly obedient, being obedient members of the church. You got two things. You got a building or an organization that advertise themselves as a church. That is not what we're to defend. That's not what we're to, um, to love, to serve, um, to guide properly. When they stumble into sin, we go to them and correct them. Now, if we're across the country, first thing we do is pray. So, God, send brother, sister that's close to them to correct them. God is always, always, throughout scripture, is going to use another member of his family. To go to that person. To come up alongside. Put their arm around them. Pray with them. And just comfort them. It may just be a lot of times. They'll stay quiet. Not like the three fans. That were sent to Job. I tell you, When he was trying to figure out. Okay. What did I do wrong? He didn't do nothing wrong. That was to strengthen his faith. To test him. To prove to the enemy and also to prove to outsiders that no matter what he lost, no matter what he was going through, we're sticking to God. We're going to praise him. We're going to thank him. I says, well, God, you allowed me to have that. I thank you for it. For some reason, you allowed it to be taken away. I thank you for that too. What do we do when God is testing our faith, strengthening his faith? He's not doing it to destroy us. He's doing it to get a stronger grip on us which he already has. His grip is stronger. And he's also using it, using that as a tool for us to get a stronger grip on Jesus. It's not to, if something's in our hand that he wants to remove that's going to kill us, it's not that he's being mean by taking it away or wants to take it away. He wants to strengthen us. When... He allows us to become, you know, the temporary marriage down here on earth. It's not that we're sinning against him by saying, okay, we're a spouse of Jesus, but so was she, or so was he. You know, if he's ta if he's right now speaking to a man or a woman. I says, it's not that you're sinning against God. He just himself, okay, I want you to, you know, she's bringing you in to help you in the ministry because you need, you need her, and he needs you. I said, strengthen each other up in the scriptures. That's just, I'm not saying everybody's called to marriage, and I'm not saying everybody's not called to marriage. However, when we become a spouse, we focus on that person. We focus on um, the man or dame, and we become one in Christ. We don't cross the line sexually. Oh, we're going to attempt this. That's good. Oh, go ahead. You're engaged. You can do it. No. Outside of marriage, until that ceremony happens, until that, you know, that person over you, that minister, um, over you acknowledges that before people. Now I can see the partial, the wedding, but not the greed part of it. Not the love of money. Not to say, well, yeah, you should always pay this kind of money for death. There's nothing in there you gotta pay them. That rich do that. It's to show that, oh, this is how rich my daddy is. You know, that he wants to give me all that. That's basically what you're exhibiting to the outside world. The bigger the wedding, the shows are richer. I was in the hotel on time when, you know, the father bride came up to pay the final uh, expenses out there. Almost freaked out. I thought I was going to choke when I swiped this card for the amount left. Confidentially, I can't say. And it uh, it approved it. I said, dang. <laughs> I just, I swiped that amount on my card out there. It's going to say, decline. <laughs> you swipe that on your card, it's probably going to say, decline. <laughs> 
Or they probably say, please call. You call and they say, you're real. <laughs> Get a life. But anyways, a little humor there. But that, that part of it is not scriptural. Unless you're looking at the rich. But a part of it, yeah, I can believe with somebody over here, you're going to test it, man. You're going to say, okay, you're hopefully that person is also praying with you to say, okay, yes, God's confirming it. That's a temporary marriage. When husband and wife get to, uh, get to heaven, they're still in spouse to, uh, Jesus Christ. They're going to be married. Revelation 19.7 is still going to occur. And automatically negates that marriage because at that point, we're no longer in the fleshly nature. But until we're that, once two become one, you can't break them apart. If God's brought them together, then you ain't taking them apart. You can say, well, God didn't bring my marriage back. You sure about that? Once we agree to that. That's why there's no... You can go through the scripture easily, interpreting it according to the flesh, and say, oh, God found it out with um, divorce. I says, no, he didn't. Why don't you read it in context? Stop looking at it from your lusting, your fleshly eyes. Repent before God, confess, and say, get right. And if you choose to still divorce, I says, you gave no permission to remarriage. You can try and argue me. You can try and show scripture. But I guarantee God's going to come back at your face out there and say, you causing another one to stumble? Let's acknowledge it. I'm not saying this is saying divorce again. Just acknowledge you just sinned against God. So, okay, God. Let's start again from day one. Go back and say, this is like, mm. How many repent? How many live right? How many not to make the same mistakes again? We keep making them over and over and over again. We haven't repented. If you learn from, oh, we're going to make mistakes. Anybody that says, oh, I never made mistakes. I never lost self-control. I'm strong in the series. You're strong by the Spirit. You're strong in that. If somebody says they're without sin, they're so far from God, they don't even know who He is. Let that one sink in for a while. So again, remember, you're not married to the church you're at. You're not espoused. You're not engaged to the marriage, um, uh, to the church, to a particular church. You're there as part of the body to fellowship. But then, what do you fellowship with? You're always talking about secular stuff. Or you're always talking about the Lord Jesus, what He's doing, what do you believe is speaking, and then you let the other brothers and sisters speak into you. We don't wait and just pick, handpick. God never wants us to handpick who's allowed to speak into us. David didn't say. To God, he wasn't even, God wasn't even hearing his prayers at that point. That's why he had to say it, because he knew he had to bring him to repentance. Uh, he's probably hearing, let me rephrase that, let me correct that. But he wasn't listening. To go that deep in sin, when you go that deep in sin, it's just like, first of all, you're not, you just put, you just put a wall up between God. Okay, God's still seeing, God's still hearing, God's hand still upon you, was still upon him. And he was hearing his prayers, but he says, I can't answer until he gets rid of it. I can't answer that prayer to what it was. And there's also consequences. Know that once you repent, there's going to be a consequence somewhere. It's going to cost us something. It may just be a little, we trip, maybe a broken leg for a while, maybe a broken arm. That's just like whenever we disobey God, there's going to be, there's going to be consequences. When God wants us to get right, we store it, we don't look at the consequences. We just say, well, however long I need to do this. I mean, I did it. You didn't do it. I did it. So I sinned against you. So it's just like, accept him. Go along with it. God's going to bring it to the end. But learn from it. Learn his voice again. Get back to his voice. His voice is the only one we want to listen to. The saint's voice is right, is right now. is always right there. But the more we practice, which means continue going after it, listen to it, then a spouse. When God says, 
the woman I have you engaged to, or the man I have you engaged to, being tempted right now. Go and get in there with my word. So, who am I speaking to? Are you married? Are you acting like, are you practicing like you're married to that church that you're at? Where's God called you to go? He didn't cause you to become married to that one. Engaged to him. You're going to be married to Jesus Christ one day. Whether you're man or woman, you're going to be married to Jesus. Revelation 19, 7 is going to happen if you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ, believe in him today. Don't believe in the church that you've set, you know, that you were raised under. Don't stay in the church. Uh, you know, don't believe that. Believe the Holy Scriptures, who is God's words. Every single one of it. It's as relevant as when it was written as it is now. It speaks, it talks about God. It don't talk about us. It talks about God. It talks about our place in us. And how we don't, we no longer look at his word as just a group of commandments, a group of rules to be broken. They are, they're commandments, but we don't look at them because they're not burdensome. Because now Jesus obeyed them and he obeys them to us. But that doesn't negate our obligation to obey his commands when he tells us to do something and speak something. People need to be seeing that we love Jesus Christ. We're engaged to him. We act like it. We're going to stick with him. He says, mm-mm, go be holy. If he calls me to have a wife, he calls me to have a woman out there, you know, and it's confirmed, uh, then we'll love her if Christ loves the church. Christ will defend us out there, but knowing one day, when he calls us out of this body, that fleshly marriage is over. And then we still will, until Revelation 19 happens, until that marriage day happens, we can see what we'll look like as the wife of Jesus Christ, the bride. Uh, in Revelation 20, 21 and 22, when he brings down, uh, actually it's Revelation 21 too, as a bride adorned for her husband. That's the new, will be the new, the new uh, part of the, it will be the body of the new, the new Jerusalem and the new heaven. It's just a bride going down. That's what we we'll look like. No building. It will be us. At that point, we'll, will be perfect because we'll be in him completely his voice will be clear Satan's voice won't even be around anymore and sin and his children's voice his descendants none of that temptation won't be there lust of the flesh won't be there because that flesh is gone we'll have new bodies what they fully look like just like Jesus is that's all we can say the scripture is kind of silent as far as that goes that we just have to trust so Stop being married to the church you're at and stop start acting like uh, uh, you're being married to, uh, you're soon to be married to Jesus Christ. Now, obey the church. Obey the church, yes. Fellowship with the saints. Encourage each other in the Holy Scriptures. Don't encourage them. Yeah, oh man, great job. You made that million dollar contract. That ain't biblical encouragement. You may not have even supposed to be make that million dollar contract. You may not even supposed to get a hundred thousand dollar bonus. You may have only did it to please man. Now God will use that as a blessing. I'm not saying it's not necessarily being allowed from God, but uh, by any means, so don't twist that. Don't let Satan twist that one either. But because uh, I'm not gonna speak out against money per se, but it's the love of money. That's a tool to proclaim the gospel, and don't stop proclaiming the gospel. Any anybody that tells you that uh. Our, part of our uh, commandment is to not proclaim the gospel and just the love. Well, that's not love. That's not God's love. Those people were heretics. Those people were deceived. 
Those people were false teachers. You may want to ask God, says, why am I here? Why am I still listening to them? Lord, remove me and put me under a godly teacher. If people are saying stuff like that, they can twist scripture to make it sound good. We've all done it. We've all sit for a while saying that stuff. Well, Lord, let me be a light here. Eventually, God's going to say, come out from amongst them. Leave. That's not where I want you to be. You came in. You showed them that you only want to trust the word. You're checking on what they're saying. Uh, and I've proved to you through your word. When we're listening to God, he's going to say what they're saying was wrong. When, obviously, we're not going to check the leader without others. We may walk alongside. We may have coffee with them. We may have breakfast with them saying... You know, that don't line up with what you said of the whole counsel of God. If they receive it, you just, there you go. You want a brother back to the Lord. You want a sister back to the Lord. But if they don't, it's on God. Now there you go. God's going to pronounce a judgment, but he can still bring them to repentance. So then you just continue praying. God, remember your mercy and your grace. Remember we're just made of dust. So, kind of a little, couple of side lessons there, but uh, remember, don't be married to uh the church you're going to be married to Jesus Christ live like that thank you Lord Father God I pray Father God I pray that uh, you continue to cause to grow up in uh, the wisdom and knowledge of you cause us to uh, recognize to be mindful of the day when our wedding day to you when we will um, become married to you it's not maybe rejoice and thank you for those that are married out there you and may we live according to your marital principles, the way husbands and wives are supposed to live, but um, let me know that this earth, those earthly marriages, these earthly marriages are only a temporary. They're only supposed to be a shadow of what you are doing in each of our hearts. May we continue to serve you, and as even as we serve each other, maybe it's not just be. You're not going to give material blessings just to get us to enjoy life down here when this life's temporary. It always has been. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all.